0: All right, do you want to uh you want to hit a few of these texts before we do the top five stories of the day?
1: Why not? Let's play catch up, shall Hour we? Hour
0: three is brought to you by Mop and Roofing. They've got you covered, Oklahoma, locally owned and operated and fully insured, licensed and bonded. Mop and Roofing is serving all of Oklahoma and has been in business for over thirty five years. Four oh five seven zero five three eight four three. From the four oh five, um do you think I make fun of people so many times for not using the prep page and now the one time that I don't it all freezes up on me. Okay, Do you think the OU Texas move to the SEC has anything to do with the delay in the 2023 football schedule coming out? Maybe, right? It's hard not to connect some of those dots. Well, and I I would say that everyone else's schedule is pretty much out right now but the Big 12's and I'm sure they're I mean, who are they going to reward and who are they going to penalize for not having an OU game or a Texas game on their campus that would typically be in the rotation? And do you do you go ahead and say, "Hey, sorry UCF, Cincinnati and BYU and Houston, but we are we're moving forward." Now, as Josh has pulled up, and We're moving forward with letting these teams get their final, either road trip or whatever, against OU and Texas. Or road trip, but I'm saying OU and Texas traveling to their school. You know what I mean? SEC schedules out, ACC schedules out, Big Ten schedules out. Everyone's schedule for next year is out, but the Big Twelve. So it's just it's very very odd to see that this hasn't happened yet. Is, or is did I speak out of my backside? Is the Pac-12 not officially released theirs yet? Maybe they haven't. No, this. uh, Okay,
1: uh, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to find. It
0: doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Regardless, this is about the Big 12, and in our mind right now, it does kind of say something about maybe how and why you got maybe the delay, or you were having the delay in the schedule being released. Well, here's what we
1: do know: the SEC schedule was, was released on September 20th. And the Big Ten schedules were released on the final week of October. I think it was October 26th. I'm digging up ACC. Bottom line is you got two major conferences that have had their schedules out for a good bit, right? So if we're only judging the landscape off of that, then it's curious why – I'm trying to figure out if the Pac-12 has released theirs too. I mean, we've been led to believe that USC and UCLA are sticking, Right. Sure. Which the Big Ten having its schedules out would lead you in that direction, too. But from the Big 12 standpoint, just individually, yeah, until we get a schedule, it's it's going to be curious.
0: Um, I, I And again, I haven't had an answer. We've asked. You know, over on Big 12 Radio on SiriusXM, we've asked, like, hey, what's going on here? Uh, and we don't know. Like, do you... I know everyone's got some sort of rumor or some source, but I would say that it's a little disappointing and it leads to speculation that it hasn't been released yet. Now, this report by the way, if you're just tuning in, says nothing about 2023. This is everything to do with 2024. So, I mean, you would just wonder if you know, maybe or not Josh Helmer, you're looking at something you're looking at something where maybe they're trying to figure out, okay, we know they're gone in 24, so how do we handle their final ride? Right, we can't get a home game for all four of our newcomers, but you know what do we do here? Cuz you know Texas vehemently does not want to go play Houston.
1: Well, even and, though
0: I wish they would cuz they'd sell it out and probably kick the snot out of them.
1: And here's one thing to consider. So the Big 10 and the SEC, SEC September 20th, Big 10 October 26th, that's when their schedules were released, right? Mm-hmm. Well, from this report, you're right. It doesn't say anything about Oklahoma and Texas not being a part of the Big 12 in 2023. No. But what it did say is that discussions between the Big 12, OU, and Texas on the exit have been ongoing for months. And so what can we deduce from that? Well, I think one thing we can deduce from that, Plank, is that the Big 12 maybe until recently, and Brett yourmark's comments aside, they might not have been totally convinced that OU and Texas were actually going to be sticking around for, for 2023. Point. So while again, it's not saying that, I and I don't I think Oklahoma and Texas will be in the Big Twelve next season. Probably up until recently, the Big Twelve was uncertain about that. So that makes it challenging to want to go put together a schedule for fourteen teams when you don't know if two of those teams are going to be around.
0: Yeah, it's a good point, point. and especially it's not something new. This has been ongoing for a while. All right, let's hit the top. This is big story number one. So we'll have much more on it. Uh, A lot of good text messages to get to, but let's hit the top five stories today. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino.
1: It's time for the top five stories of the day.
0: Brought to you by Newcastle Casino.
1: Newcastle
0: Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino, best reels in the Metro with happy hour Monday through Friday, 3 to 6. Conveniently located off I-44, exit 107, newcastlecasino.com. Big story number five. Number five. Let's recap all the, the weekend that was for OU Athletics, including that challenging basketball loss to Arkansas on Saturday. Sooners fall uh, 88-78. It seems as if just based on what I'm reading and our our conversations off the air, it doesn't seem like too many people are necessarily upset uh, losing to Arkansas. I mean, obviously the the Hogs had their star get hot had to say that really slow, but it it feels like people are more mad about the crowd, Josh than anything else yeah we we actually we just it's funny you mentioned that we literally just got a
1: a text about somebody that drove from Kansas City down to Tulsa for the game and said, Look, this fan base has a long ways to go to be s e c ready so, sure yeah that that has been one of the narratives coming out of the game, and I think for me, it's tough to get real taken away in the negative fashion that Oklahoma went out and dropped a stinker, this or that. I actually, you know, think for the most part, Oklahoma played pretty hard, they right? Well, and, yeah. You know, for its talent level versus Arkansas's talent level, generally speaking, OU played well in the game. I think more than anything you take away from it, or I did, that's where Oklahoma is trying to get to. Which, crazy enough that you would say that about Arkansas, but what muscle men and what Arkansas has built out there, that's the talent level. Just the, the bigs inside, man. They're good. The uh the the shots that get altered around the rim, that type of athleticism is where OU wants to get to. That's the that's
0: the next stop on the Porter train. Ooh, I like oops, sorry about that. That's my fault. I like that. The Porter train. I, I the thought Porter
1: I Express actually would probably sound better. I
0: like it. I like it. Um but OU Falls and listen, I'm not I'm not here to I thought the effort was great. Um, I'm not going to freak out over this loss. That's a top 10 team. And I really think it's one of those situations that some people get tired of hearing me say, but we'll see if Oklahoma's better off for this because I thought it was I thought it was an incredibly fun afternoon in T-Town. And you know, it's funny, I, I talked to Paige and, and, and Chris a lot with the OU Club of Tulsa. And it magnifies that challenge that the royal we as Oklahoma fans have in Tulsa. Not not necessarily saying anything negative. There's a lot of Sooner fans in T-Town. But you are, you are overshadowed by a lot of fans. Oklahoma State has a massive following in Tulsa. Arkansas has a massive following in Tulsa. Uh, and it's just sometimes hard to get the numbers that you want in Tulsa. But I hope they continue to bring the – that basketball game there, I I mean, and it's wild because OU's going to play Tulsa in football coming up this year, and it's going to be all Sooners. So why can't we get those – I get it, right? We're fighting an uphill battle with a lot of OSU and Arkansas fans, and, and Tulsa's a very diverse, I think, fan base city. But we're going to go to the OU-Tulsa game, and it's going to be all crimson and cream for the most part with the smattering of my beloved Golden Hurricane. But in the end, Josh – you. you for some reason we can't get that same momentum for the football that we have for basketball or, you know, even, even baseball, we get outnumbered in Bedlam whenever we, we play at one Oak field. It's frustrating. Frustrating.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's a interesting question. I mean, just trying to generate that enthusiasm for sports, not named football at OU sometimes is a challenge.
0: Tough. All right. I was going to try to queue up Porter, but I can't. All right. Big story. All right, hold on, we can recap. Here, let me just plug this in. I'm obviously not going to have time when you talk to go back and try to find the porter cut. Um, wrestling was great this weekend. The uh, the matchups with Oklahoma State, including what you saw on ESPN yesterday, the Sooners lost to Oklahoma State 21-15 to in a thriller. At McCaslin Fieldhouse, um, Sooners is going to be good. This year, they're going to be fun. They dropped a 2-2 and on the season, but their two losses are to two really good programs. They've got the Bobby Kaufman Open coming up. They're back home again against Missouri on February 3rd. So a little bit of time. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. I'm wrong. January 20th against West Virginia is the next home meet for Sooner Wrestling. Lou Roselli's team looking pretty salty. And speaking of looking pretty good, how about the OU women's basketball team beating up on Robert Morris, 94 to 65. Maddie Williams getting closer to 2,000 career points scored 15, 13 of those in the first half. Liz Scott with a season high 16 points and Aubrey Jones continues to get comfortable. She had 14 points with a pair of assists for the women's basketball program as they get that dub by final score of 94 to 68. So that means... 94 to 65, excuse me. This Sunday, 2 o'clock, inside the LNC, they take on Southern. Are right, we good? Anything else? I know you from the weekend that caught your eye. My portal talk, Oh, you football coming up in big story number one. Big story number four. Number four. Oh. The Chris Beard story. We've been monitoring it and following it all morning long. Chris Beard was arrested last night, and the charges seem to be pretty, pretty damning. Um, the first report, and I've kind of gone back to this quite a bit, was from On Three, and they've consistently updated it. But he was, and I've seen like five different times on this now. But 4:18 a.m. in Austin, he was arrested and booked for assault on a family/slash household member. He was apparently preventing the victim from breathing. Booked on a third-degree felony. Texas released a statement, and Beard's lawyer claims that the complainant wants charges dropped. So we'll continue to monitor exactly what's going on in this situation. He will not coach tonight, as you might imagine. Um, Texas's statement centers around what you might think it said. Right, We're evaluating what's going on here, getting all the details we possibly can. But, Josh, at the very least, the early reports out of this are pretty, pretty damning for Chris Beard right now, the it Texas head coach.
1: feels that way, yeah. It feels that way. And really, regardless of what happens the rest of the way here – If the charges stick, he's fired with cause, right? That's what's going to happen here. But even if something happens where the charges are dropped, it feels like his reputation gets stained in the process regardless. Now, he would, under that scenario, Plank, I think he would keep the job at Texas, right? But,
0: man, it's just its not good any way you slice it. No, it's just terrible, terrible. Speaking of terrible. Big story number three. Number three. On a much different end of the spectrum where we're hoping for good news out of Starkville, I guess, Jackson is where Coach Leach is hospitalized right now. There is a report this morning from the Mississippi Clarion-Ledger that Mike Leach suffered a massive heart attack Sunday, and that is the medical concern that he's in the midst of right now. Leach, who is 61, collapsed at his home. But did not receive medical attention for 10 to 15 minutes. EMTs used a defibrillator. Um, did I say that right? Defibrillator, sorry. And delivered multiple shocks to restore normal heart rhythm. He was stabilized and airlifted to UMMC. Two of his four children already in Jackson with him. Two more en route. It appears also that Leach may have suffered seizures with the possibility of brain damage. Sources said the situation is dire. Now... Mississippi State released a statement about the same time that this report came out that said Mississippi State University head football coach Mike Leach remains in critical condition at the University of Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson. Mike's family is with him and appreciates the overwhelming expressions of love and support for the coach, but also requests that their family's privacy be respected at this time. That is the extent of information that MSU has available regarding Coach Leach's condition. The university will make no other comment at this time. MSU will will issue additional information via social media when it becomes available. So in other words, hey, we know this is out here. We're not confirming it. Obviously, we're not denying it. We're just this is our update on where Coach Leach is, and that's all the information we officially have right now. It does not sound good, I think is the unfortunate reality.
1: It's very, very scary. Very, Mm. very scary.
0: Big story. There's no real easy way to segue, but we got a show to do. Um, big story number two. Number two. Oh. You want to go all in on the NFL after the bottom of the hour? I have all these highlights and all these Why interviews not? and stuff. I got all these injury updates. One
1: final game to play tonight with a Sooner taking part. Dude, I'm all
0: in on tonight's game, too.
1: Actually, I mean, obviously, multiple Sooners taking so part. Now, My apologies, Kyler.
0: Now the Raiders need three losses by the Jets. Um, I'm really not doing the playoff thing. Someone put it on my social media timeline yesterday, and I blocked him, even though Ted told me I'm not supposed to block anyone anymore. But there's a path. What was that, playoff. privately, what was that conversation like? It wasn't privately. It was very much publicly. He's like, you can't block people. You got to stop it. Let the morons make us look smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was the extent of the privacy of the conversation that Teddy and I said. Hold on. He added one more thing to it. <laughs> um, yeah, because he texted me, too, and he said, Wait, are you guys joking, or
1: are you guys really blocking people?
0: <laughs> yeah, why not? He says, you can't block people on the text line. We need dumb people to make us look smart. Democracy dies in darkness, Plank. <laughs> so, all right, fair enough. Well, this, And now everybody's I have, free and back. I have a question. Uh, yes, back of the class, I Maybe, see your hand is raised. Tyler, please. Please. Does Ted actually sit and look at the text as they roll in? Does he handle the text line himself?
1: I think occasionally he has. Oh,
0: okay. Well, then never mind. I was going to say, if you haven't before, then it's, yeah, you gotta you kind of have to experience that. Right. It's kind of like taking parenting advice for someone who doesn't have kids when they're yeah. like, well, I will Like, m-. I
1: could never give you advice
0: on. Well, I, I would listen, but when I walk in, I'm like, wait, this, just this, wait. This idiot. It's like the people that say, I would never give my kid a device and to sit there and love and care. I'm like, nah, yeah, you're yeah, no, you're absolutely going to give your kid a device. I mean, it happens. I'm sorry. It's a reality of shutting them up for a little bit. Like, I don't think you can say don't block anyone at the text line unless you have to live it and see these morons.
1: Well, and you have to go through that response factor of here it happens live again and again and again. Roar! And, and it can't
0: be one day, by the way, either. You have
1: right. to experience this for like a month's period of time.
0: But I did block someone on social media who tried to send me the Raiders playoff <laughs> chances. <laughs> And I don't think Curtis followed me back since I blocked him on Sunday. So he's on the ver, or fr- Thursday. So he's on the verge of getting blocked again. You got like a week window mm-hmm. when I follow you back. If you don't follow me back, I'm done with you. Dead to me, I say. Dead to me. All right. Um, where were we? Big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. So if you if you missed any of the NFL this weekend, we've got you covered. Coming up at the bottom of the hour here with all the highlights and notes from yesterday. So we have another wide receiver that has been added to the list of transfer offers to the University of Oklahoma. Wide receiver Xavier Raphael who was from everything I've seen at Idaho State. So I don't I don't necessarily know much about him. I saw that um Oh, gosh, who was it? Was it uh, Us Against the World Twitter feed that retweeted his tweet from earlier today? That basically said, hey, um, thankful so- to receive a scholarship offer from OU. Uh, he has two years of eligibility left. He was an all-Big Sky Conference receiver. And uh, it looks pretty impressive. Sooner Gridiron? Sooner Gridiron. Thank you. Thank you. I just saw was Sooner Gridiron ad. is uh, an empire. So... From from my count, this is this is maybe more than just one receiver that OU is going to get out of the portal right now. Um because and again, I like I said, I'm trying to keep this list in studio and keep it as updated as I can. So that would mean Arizona's Dorian Singer, Kent State's Dante Cephas, mm-hmm. Mississippi State's Ra Ra Thomas. Louisiana Tech's Trey Harris, and now Idaho State's Xavier Raphael, five receivers have scholarship offers from Oklahoma out of the portal. And no buzz on Presley hasn't gotten an offer? Not that I've seen. I guess someone was saying that Tulsa's been all over him, so we'll see. And, again, it's, it's the younger brother, not Brendan Presley. Yeah, Braylon. Um, but outside of that, it looks – I mean, I kind of thought, you know, one or two receivers might get offered – just by our quick little count here, that's the fifth wide receiver that Oklahoma has offered so far in the portal. Now, in fairness, Dante Cephas has pretty much been crystal ball to Penn State. And I really haven't seen too much on Singer. Trey Harris looks like he was he was added. But Nishan McCullough was on campus this weekend, and that's a big-time name. And a lot of people – this weekend I was reading the ESPN.com article that kind of laid out all of the all of the possibilities that it is – I mean, there are tons of people that feel like McCullough's headed to OU, and there's in that tons that feel like he's the best available guy in the portal, which, like I said, I'm not going to pretend I watched a lot of Indiana football this year. I absolutely – have fallen in love with this kid now.
1: Yeah, definitely would be a prize for OU. And they need – look, I'm not breaking any news here to you. They need immediate defensive help.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean,
1: the wide receivers, hey, that's great. But uh, immediate defensive help would be very, very welcome.
0: There's more names on here. Like I said, Brandon Drum is going to join us on the show tomorrow at 10 a.m. So we'll have, a Boom. Busy, we'll have a busy guest show tomorrow. But it looked as if all the visits went well. Theo Wiese is on his way to Missouri. So of the 16 names that are in the portal right now for Oklahoma, that is the the one that has picked up another D1 offer so far. Uh, looks like, as we told you, Brayden Willis is going to the Senior Bowl. So Eric Gray, Wanya Morris, Jalen Redmond, Anton Harrison, and Brayden Willis all headed to the Senior Bowl. That's a big deal for him. I don't, I don't know, Josh Helmer, if this affects him in the bowl game or not, but I'm, I'm pumped for him. To get the, and I I mean, I never thought it was ever an issue that he wasn't gonna be uh, in in the senior bowl. Oh, Oklahoma did add three guys from the portal, right? Jacob Lacey, the Notre Dame DT. Correct. Austin Stogner, the tight end. Ding, ding, ding. And against my um, protest, Kendall Dolby is included in the portal conversation too. <laughs> Indeed. Because <laughs> to me, the junior college is part of your signing class. Come on. He's a JUCO. Um, But there is another story involving Oklahoma and its future in the Big 12. We'll give you the details of Brett McMurphy's report on a sooner potential early exit to the SEC and what it might mean and maybe if it's tied to not having the 2023 schedule out yet. Do you think that we got to be
1: just like a couple weeks away from the next bedlam report from McMurphy, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This year will be the
0: last bedlam for the next 20 years. They'll never play it again. <laughs> Newcastle Casino, top five stories of the day. I-44 Exit 107. It is the Plank Show. Got uh highlights from Sunday's NFL action. Sooner recruiting gurus. Parker Thune is coming up in exactly 30 minutes from now. That's 30 minutes from now. And he'll be all over the recruiting weekend. Plus, we'll have. Tomorrow on the show, Brandon Drum, to talk all things recruiting.
1: Hashtag Drumbeat.
0: I kind of like that hashtag. Very envious of it. A um, couple of quick Air Comfort Solutions texts here. Maybe you guys talked about it before, but will the SEC be reset when OU and Texas enter or just kind of adding one team to an existing side? It's all going to be reset. They just haven't decided how yet. You know have we even determined if they're doing away with no. divisions?
1: No, we don't know. We don't know <laughs> if they're doing divisions, pods. We have n- no clarity whatsoever.
0: All we know is that according to a report from Brett McMurphy, the, BMAC. the University of Oklahoma and Texas are apparently closer to leaving early than they've been over the last few years. Maybe There's quote, momentum. Momentum. Uh it's a good question for the four oh five. Do you think that the more receivers getting offered by OU is the staff preparing for Mims to enter the draft? Maybe. Maybe. Or it's just they did not like the depth they had a receiver this year. And listen, I I really like Jaden Gibson and I really like Nick Anderson, but you know, Nick Anderson couldn't stay healthy this year. And boy, Jaden Gibson. Was he he made a lot of mistakes, guys? You know, he drops a ball that would have been six against TCU. He uh, was having alignment issues against Nebraska, and I know that's games three and four or three and five of the season, and it's a little bit unfair. But yeah, I don't, I don't really know more than anything else if this is a situation that. You know Oklahoma is worried about Mims, or they, I've kind of always assumed Mims was playing his last season anyway. I mean, is that wrong of me?
1: No, I, always I don't assume he was
0: off to the draft.
1: Me too. I don't think that's wrong of you, but uh, it does sound like there's been some—dare I use a Brett McMurphy term—momentum the other direction that maybe he would return. So we'll see. I'll believe it when I see it. Just because, again, like you're touching on there. This is somebody that probably isn't a first-round selection now, but, uh, I mean, to me, is definitely getting taken in the second round, right? Yeah. And and could, if somebody falls in love with Marvin Mims, if he declares for the 2023 NFL draft and goes to the combine and workouts and OU's pro day, if all of that just goes splendidly, then I don't think it's crazy that he goes in the first round. I tend to think he'll be a second-rounder, but no later than that.
0: Um. Oh, he's been given a lot of offers, but no takers. I don't think anyone's been a taker so far, man. Show me the guy that Oklahoma wanted that has already committed or signed to someone else. It's been slow on that side of things. Now, Oklahoma State has had two guys signed today uh, running back and a wide receiver. We'll see what their work looks like at the quarterback position, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know if you just want to live in a world where everything sucks, or just kind of look at the overall landscape and say, there's not much movement at all. I mean, we hit that number for you earlier, right? And, I and again, I'm not getting into the portal battle, but 1,188 players have entered the transfer portal. Only 75 have gone to a school. Well, and technically that number would be uh, 75 plus 16, so that would be 85, 91. Because 16 of them withdrew and went back to the school they were. 75 have committed to another program. That's only 6% of the names in the transfer portal. 6%.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've seen a couple of guys. Keegan Johnson's going to Kansas State. Justin Jacobs is going to Oregon along with Treshawn Holden. So, there's been a couple. Oregon got a couple yesterday. But generally speaking, as we've discussed – whether it's as this week goes on, beginning of next week with it being Christmas, I, I feel like would make it more unlikely. But And oh. then until after the holidays, a lot of these decisions, I just think, are going to come after New Year's Day. Yeah, Guys have more time to uh, sit, think about where they want to go, and visit some places. So probably the lion's share will come after the holidays, two, the decisions.
0: Two incredibly – great text messages before we grab a break incredibly great incredibly great these are the types that like spawn 3 hour to 7 hour to 10 hour radio shows from the 405 while well, the party goes on in the hall
1: it is it is a party <laughs> i'm just
0: sorry this is like incredibly distracting right now <laughs> <Like, laughs> want to go out as long as we could right i want to go out fun it as, too. made it as far right. as we could uh nick do you think it's a good idea for OU to leave early? Seems like we have a lot of improvements to make, not just in the gameplay, but facilities and all. Maybe we won't be any more prepared than we are now, just a thought. That's the overriding and prevailing thought amongst a very, you know, growing percentage of Sooner fans, right? Well, man, are we even ready to go yet? I don't know if this analogy works or not, but... When when you're married early, this is my quick little marital advice for someone who's done it twice, but when you're married early on, suddenly that pressure from the in laws starts coming or your family's like, When are you gonna have kids? When are you gonna have grandbabies? And inevitably that married couple and I was part of this as well, you know, we're just not we're not ready yet. We wanna get a little bit more financial, you know, foundation and mm you know, have a house that might actually have a second room. And the response is like, well, if you wait until you're ready, you're never going to go because there's always going to be something else. Or you're never going to go in this case, go have a kid because there's always going to be something else. Right now, granted, that might be overzealous grandparents... It sounds like it to me. ...who want you to get that kid so they can love on it and have it around more. But mostly want to ruin your life. They want your life to be miserable for the next Clearly. 18 years. <laughs> I'm kidding. Kids are a blessing. But, yeah, I, um, I, I I don't know. You know, I don't know if that analogy works, if it's one of those, well, if you keep saying we got to wait, well, there will always be something else, right? Sure. We need our football facilities to be where they'll be. Okay, well... When they get the football facilities right, I mean, then it might, well, we need to be winning. We got to go win. We got to have the top five recruiting classes in there for three years, or we got to get the, there's always going to be something, I think, that needs to be better for that step everywhere. So I get what you're saying. I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but I just, I kind of feel like it's one of those that, well, if you wait, I mean, is it always, is it always going to be something that, that you end up complaining about regardless? So, that's my. That's my. Are you always have something more to wait for?
1: People talk about the facilities. Oh, we got to upgrade these and that. And probably I would have have come around on the deal to where, in in lieu of paying, you know, this massive buyout, stay an extra year and you know devote that to facilities. Sure, I, I'm good with that. Okay, that all makes sense to me. But the the idea that magically OU's just a couple of years from now going to be more ready because they've gotten this facility project or that one done, I don't know. You know, to me, that doesn't matter as much to me. Oklahoma fans will be more comfortable with the move if, guess what, Oklahoma plays better football in 2023. If OU is a 10-win team next season, and then all of a sudden, guess what the conversation is magically going to morph into, Plank? We'll have nothing to do with, oh, well, we don't have this facility project or that one done yet. It'll be, ah, yeah, I think we're okay. 10-win season, he's got two recruiting classes, Vittables in company, they've got two under their belt. We're ready for the jump, right? Versus if you stay where you've been right now, then, yeah, you're never going to be ready until you start winning or until
0: you just dive into the deep end of the pool. The second best text message we'll have to wait until after the break. And we'll do it next right here on The Ref. Man, I got to tell you, these reports that uh, keep surfacing out of... Mississippi State, Starkville are a little bit disconcerting, but we'll continue to keep our thoughts with Mike Leach and his family. Josh, I think you hit it on the head uh, earlier. For a guy that was only on campus for one season, the impact that he made is pretty amazing, right? He changed the way people viewed offense, the great Bob Stoops line. He brought in an offensive coordinator that did things offensively that he hated to defend. Just – um. All-around awesome, awesome dude, great personality. Let's hope for a – I guess we're having to pray for a miracle Mm -hmm. based on the way these reports are coming out.
1: And I think a lot of Oklahoma fans feel like – you know, I said as much last night, Mike Leach brought a national championship to Oklahoma. Now, was he on that 2000 staff? It was Mark Mangino. But I think a lot of Oklahoma fans would agree with that sentiment that he gets – to some degree, an assist, right, for the national championship, just given coming in and overhauling and Heupel and everything that went into it.
0: Mm. We'll see if it works. We'll see if we can get those prayers to, to get answered because it is just it is scary right now with the story surrounding Mike Leach and all the different uh, reports that are coming out of it. Josh, to try to wrap on maybe a little bit of a of a lighter note. If you if you want. I mentioned that we had two really good text messages, right? Yeah. And uh, let me rephrase that. We've had great text all day long. And and this show has kind of been fueled, as our man BFC likes to say, on sports text fourteen hundred. <laughs> but yes. now as we are we are we're global on the Ref and the iHeart radio app. Of course, our great affiliate, ninety four seven the ref, fourteen thirty the buzz in Tulsa and of course, um, all across Green Country. I uh I think all the text messages have been great. Two of them really caught caught my eye today. Right, the first one about, oh, don't you think we need time? My point is, before we move to the SEC, my point is, if that's your if that's your mindset, I completely understand, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing. But there's always going to be something, always. Well, we can't go now. Jackson Arnold would only be a freshman in his first year starting, or we can't go now. They haven't finished the new facility, or we can't. Always going to be something. To me, I'm like, ah, let's go. Let's see what happens. Then there's this from the 913. Why do you guys think OU fans don't support basketball? I drove down to Tulsa from Kansas City to the Arkansas game. The fan base has a long way to go before it's SEC ready. Between the College World Series and in Tulsa, I've seen a couple pathetic showings from our fans. I find it hard to understand why Arkansas and Ole Miss. Get massive support for all athletics, but Oklahoma fans only support football. Well, uh, there's softball in there, I think. Though it would be fascinating, would it not, to see if softball played its World Series someone, uh, somewhere other than Oklahoma City. Now, with the way softball fans have traveled over the last, you know, since I've been doing this seven years. It would the, be good. It would still be good. Can I just, I I, I think, you know, the best is the standard mindset this might be a good basketball team, but it's like, are they going to win a championship? No, probably not. Well, I'm going to waste my time on that. And that's not that's a not all the fans, but it's a lot. Hey, there's there is nothing wrong with being a football school, but again, you want you want to have that overall just where you are going in there and you are every single sport, right? florida hasn't been as good well florida hasn't been good at football but florida hasn't been as good in basketball as they've been in years past right
1: and i would and
0: they're and they're uh sorry josh their attendance has diminished but on the same on the other side of it here's tennessee that's been incredible since rick barnes came in and they're they're blowing up they're blowing up so i don't it's a great question but in the end i mean i'm i'm fine you know with having to fight that fight it'll I think it'll eventually get there. I worry about it for someone like Jenny Baranchek, who's just crying a away, man, and they got a great team and they're winning games. But, I mean, she even said it at the end of the coaches show last week when said, hey, what's the what's the biggest, you know, thing you need to see improved with this team? And She said attendance. <laughs> she needs fan support. They need fan support. I don't want fans – excuse me. I don't want good coaches to leave Oklahoma because we're not going to games.
1: Sure, sure. And it's always – it's always challenging, right, when you and I on this yeah. format are basically saying, hey, spend more money or right. buy tickets or this or that. I would just say uh, for Oklahoma fans, I think that Oklahoma fans are very engaged with what's going on. Sure. But there is, for whatever reason, there's a lot of, oh, somebody else will go to the game.
0: I'm guilty of that, dude. That's why I don't get on people too much. I'm absolutely guilty of that. Oh, you, home game Saturday? Oh, I There'll be plenty of people that'll go. I need to sit here and, and chill. I do,
1: and I do think baseball snuck up on folks. Now, when you're in the College World Series, you'd like to think that that alone, you, you'd show up in droves, right, for sure. the opportunity, especially, I mean, you get to the championship series. Now, they were maybe beaten to the punch by old Miss fans mm-hmm. once you got to you know that stage and bought up all the tickets and this and that. But, no, I there, there's not a good explanation for it outside of – things we've touched on in the past plank which is if you're consistently good to great then all of a sudden I think you absolutely start developing that fan support and there's dare I say those that dirty phrase or those dirty words there's a little bit of fair weatherness oh sure to Oklahoma fans
0: but I I would also I would also add that it's just it's not a numbers issue so let me explain that real quick before we break like for my beloved alma mater there's just not enough Tulsa fans, right, to do what they want to do consistently. You've got to count on, you know, my, my man Harry Willis talked about this all the time. I'm not competing with OU and OSU fans to get people to come to a Tulsa game on, say, a Saturday. You drive around Tulsa while TU is playing, restaurants are still packed, movie theaters are still packed, so on and so forth. Right? You're trying to get all of that. So, Oklahoma's not battling a numbers game. You got Sooner fans on Sooner fans on Sooner fans. So how do you spark that passion? How do you get them there? We're not having to go beg you to go, hey, listen, really need you to put on the blue and gold. Come help support us. I know you got movie tickets for tonight, but it's just as cheap, right? There are people be like, all right, yeah, let's go, because they're Sooner fans. So how do you spark that? What do you do? It's been a fight for 20 years. And... Uh, I feel like on this year' very radio program, it's something that sparks up usually uh, about this time in the college basketball season. And, yeah, I, I agree. I think the Thunder are a major contributor, but, you know, that's for OSU too. And for Tulsa, for that matter. You know, you got an NBA team now. It's tough. Oh, and by the way, you got an NBA team that, I mean, come on, brah. You, no, no city gets an expansion franchise and suddenly they're in the NBA Finals three years after they move there. It just doesn't happen, all right? Or Western Conference Finals, excuse me.
1: And, and it just ultimately is the almighty dollar. I mean, here's this text. I've got two season tickets for football. I think I'm average in terms of finances. And I can tell you I cannot afford more than those two tickets in one road trip a year. Usually it's the Red River game. This year I went to Nebraska. and There you go. And I get that. I mean, there's just not going to be you and I sitting here saying, well, that's not enough. And I mean, that is the yeah. financial reality for a lot of folks. Wish
0: it was better. Um, I wish we had all the discretionary income that we, that we had. Now we don't. All right, quick break. When we come back, put a wrap on this edition of The Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner fans. I just want to make this very clear because we only got a couple minutes left in the show. I thoroughly love the NFL yesterday. I hate that we did not get to talk about it until two minutes left in the program. Y'all, every, every single thing you guys bring up on the text line on uh, attendance and who does this, Nick's got a great question, but I'm not questioning you if you can't make it to a Tuesday night game. I can't. Heck, softball had games on Monday night that I couldn't call because we've got tumbling, and I take my daughter to Purcell, and we hang out. It's important to me. Um, so I, I'm not questioning anyone. I understand. I just wish it wasn't a problem. There you go. Sure. But I will say, I don't know if I've seen a crazier week in the NFL than that. How the Cowboys almost lose to a team with one wins. One wins. How did the Chiefs get out to the lead they had and dominate? And then
1: how entitled am I to have said domination early happened, then nearly cough it up and leave the game feeling like, uh, yeah, we yeah. beat Denver for a 14th straight time. But it just really doesn't sit that well for me. It's definition of entitled.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm still mad about Thursday night. Um, but it was wild. I'm glad you brought up the Patrick Mahomes because I used this stat to wrap up the show last night, and I think it fits here today. That is what? What is it? Eleventh straight win? Did you say? It's fourteen in a row for oh, 14, uh, I'm Kansas
1: sorry. City over Denver.
0: Fourteen in a row. Patrick Mahomes has never lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, or the Denver Broncos. Wait, the Denver Broncos. He is one of four quarterbacks, um, with double-digit wins over single opponent without a loss. So Mahomes ten and zero against the Broncos. The other three, Andrew Luck was eleven and zero against the Titans. Tom Brady's ten and zero against the Falcons. Crazy. And John Elway was ten and zero against the Patriots. Huh. See you guys back here tomorrow with the Plank Show. Brandon Drum will join us to talk recruiting.